Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. This is Wolves Weekly. Featuring the biggest names from past and present. All the teams, all the talking points. Hello there, I'm Mikey Burrows. Welcome to Wolves Weekly and a special episode this week as I'm off on my honeymoon. So we thought we'd bring you an interview that I've done recently with our goalkeeper Dan Bentley. He's had an eventful time at the club after arriving in January and now finds himself a part of a renewed and revamped leadership group. We talk about that, about what it was like to make his Premier League debut away at Manchester United in the cauldron of Old Trafford and his thoughts on the season ahead. But we start with Bentley's thoughts on joining the club. Obviously it was... A step into the Premier League in, in the season for me that was probably not ideal um, but I think there's probably more to the situation in terms of where I found myself coming into the January transfer window um, the, my contract situation etc was was kind of there for all to see so uh, I think it probably suited all parties if you like that I probably was going to move on to pastures new in, in the summer Obviously, I found myself with an opportunity to, to come to, to, to Wolves and make a step into the Premier League, which is something I've been you know, striving for since, since I can remember. That's the thing, I think, that, that will stand out to a lot of people in terms of, you know, you, you've had a really good career, yeah. but you never got that Premier League moment. Yeah. Had you ever started to think that it wouldn't come? Um, I never doubted myself. Um, but yeah, of course, as, as time goes on, you kind of... You think you know where, where's my rubber the green gonna come? Um, you know I've seen I've seen potential moves if you like uh, and bids that have come in in my career to for, for for me to go to the Premier League and it's they've either been rejected or the valuations haven't been met or whatever the case may be and I've always seemed to kind of miss out on certain things. Obviously none of that matters now because I'm I now am where I am and I strive to to continue to better myself in terms of doubts and what kind of where I stood I never doubted myself did I always try and make the right decisions at the right times yeah of course but at the same time 
you know, sometimes you have to to come and. I mean, I, I knew I was coming and, and I was going to be competing with with, with Jose Sarr, who is a very accomplished goalkeeper at this level. I knew I wasn't going to be coming in and and banging on the door day one. You know, I had to I had to adapt to this level. I had to. Uh, prove that I was capable of playing at this level. Um, regardless of the fact that I was here, I still felt like I had something to prove. I still feel today like I have something to prove. And every day it's about proving to myself and to everybody else that I'm capable of playing week in, week out at, at this football club. That's what I love about um, these conversations and certainly about goalkeepers because it's mindset, right? Mm. And uh, I wonder whether at an earlier stage in your career, whether it wouldn't have been the right time maybe. to make that kind yeah, of move. maybe. Uh, yeah, I mean, stars I'm, align. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I am a believer with, without sounding a little bit cringy, a little bit philosophical, but I am a believer that everything happens for a reason. Uh, as I've had children, as I've got older, my, I've probably become softer. I was very kind of stern as I was younger. Um, now I'm a little bit more of a softy, um, a little bit more sympathetic in in certain situations, um, a lot more empathy in in general situations and I think that's coming from being a father um, to, to my two beautiful girls but that's obviously had an impact on my career as well because I've used those skills in terms of leadership um, obviously I was a captain at Bristol City where I have always I've always been leadership groups in my whole career I've probably been older than my years at certain times especially in my early early stages of my career at South End and probably Brentford as well at the same time, I've played a hell of a lot of games. I've nearly done 450 games, and I think probably 250 plus of those have been in the Championship, which is obviously only a, a level below. But in terms of the way I've adapted and grown personally, and as a player with the experiences I've had on the pitch, with, like I said, the captaincy at Bristol City, I think it's all put me in a good place to come to the Premier League and be ready to, to deal with the demands that it has. Because uh, look, I used to speak an awful lot to John Ruddy when he was here. Yep. Carl Akimi yep. uh, has done a lot of media stuff with us as well, and Matt Murray. Yeah, yeah. So I, I like to think I know the goalkeeper's mindset fairly well. Yeah. And I, I think I wonder whether there's an element whether you agree with this that because because you are in the spotlight more than anybody else, because your mistakes get highlighted more than anybody else, that gives you a sense of perspective about the game and about what life is like at a football club in a very different way to maybe other players who yep. can be a little bit more... Not Selfish is probably not the right word, yep. but you know there's only one position. You yep. know how hard it is being in it. Yep. So you have a different perspective on life as a footballer. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and it's, you know, <laughs> it's that position as well. It's, it's precarious, isn't it? Because one mistake and we could lose, lose the, the team the game. And we could play well for for ninety minutes and keep keep the team in the game. And one mistake, it can be, it can be reflected on a bad performance. Whereas if you like a striker, can miss twenty chances in a game, miss sitters and 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 make mistakes in in that sense, and score one and be the hero. So yeah, I'm, I mean, like I said, I'm I'm a a long way of games in, into my career now. So I'm fully aware of the the trials and tribulations, if you like, that comes with being a goalkeeper and how non-glamorous it can be sometimes, um, how lonely it can be sometimes. Um, you know, I've been in situations before where I've made a mistake and you know, you know the whole ground's looking at you, you know all the players are looking at you, you know the gaffer and the staff looking at you on the side, you know, and it's it's like, there's probably some a few words that I can't say into the mic right now, but there's a, a, a feeling of, 
I wish the ground would swallow me up. But you know that those things make may have made me stronger, will make individuals stronger as long as you have the right mindset. Like you say about that, you've you mentioned some class goalkeepers and um, people on top of goalkeepers there in, in Keems, John and, and and Matt. They've all been through the same things that I've been through in terms of making high-profile mistakes, um, being the hero, being the zero, going home and you know questioning certain things and what if I'd have just done this and what if I'd have just done that and what if this decision was slightly different. But we can't live in hindsight, you live and learn. And I'm a firm believer that the work that I do throughout the week and my professionalism and my dedication and the sacrifices that I make throughout the week will give me the best possible opportunity to perform on a Saturday. And that's day in, day out, week in, week out through my entire career up to date. Does it ever get any easier, that feeling? Because look, mistakes happen, <laughs> right? You know, uh, you can always, anyone can misjudge. It doesn't matter you play 500 games or five. Yeah, yeah. Does it ever get any easier knowing that everyone's got eyes on you? I wish I could give less of a yeah. damn, let's say, <laughs> than what I do. Um, you know, you, you see some of the high-profile goalkeepers that make mistakes and they genuinely look like they could not give a second thought about it. And I'm paraphrasing there, if you like. Yeah. Um, and I wish I could have some of that. I, I think that's a skill in itself, to be fair. But I am I'm very passionate about what I do. I care a lot about what I do. I'm very, very meticulous in, in my work. And I've tried to implement, I've read books about it before in terms of how to give a damn without showing you give a damn. And it's, it's a very, very difficult skill. It's an acquired skill. But I also think that there's mental strength involved in it looking like, you know, that you don't care. Because at the same time, if you make a mistake in the first minute, you've got another 89 minutes plus nowadays, you know. So you have to be ready and willing to take it on the chin, go again, and the next action has to be positive and the next eight to nine minutes has to be positive. And that mistake can't be compounded into the rest of the game where you're going to cost your team further. Because part of the reason I talk about this is is to go into Manchester United and Old Trafford and the debut yeah. and the reaction that came to it. And it's that funny thing whereby I think people did you a disservice in the way they kind of talked, talked it up, basically, because... You're clearly a very good goalkeeper. You've Thank had you. a very good career. And whether you felt there was a bit of an odd kind of reaction to it, because you sometimes don't want that too high a high or too low a low, and everyone going, oh, my God, like, amazing saves, what an amazing debut. And clearly it's an amazing moment for you. But also that kind of thing, of, well, yeah, this is what I do. This is what I train for. Yeah, 100%. I mean, I, I was obviously, that was a, an amazing day for myself, Premier League debut, uh, Wolves debut, away at Man United, Old Trafford, Full House. Um, the result could have been better of course uh, the team performance could have been better of course as an individual I was proud of my performance of course there's things that that I would like to do better whether it's you know a pass that would maybe slightly off or um, you know details there's always details that, that can be improved but obviously everyone was kind of I guess surprised at what I was capable of but that was the opportunity that I've been waiting for to show people what I was capable of um, at that level because I've had it throughout my whole career and we, we refer to the, the Premier League move uh, a short while ago where it's always been a question about, oh yeah, but can he do it in the Premier League? Well, there are, I know a lot of people that have played in the Prem and the Champ and they say the Champ physically is way harder. So 
you know, you're going Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday in terms of the physical preparation and the maintenance, if you like, of your of, of your bodies physically. Um, listen, I'm not saying that the Championship is a better league than the Premier yeah. League. Obviously, the Premier League is the best league in the world. The, the, it's intensive. Yeah. Um, there's no two ways about that. Um, but I think if, from where I've come from, I've done it in the Championship and I feel like I've done it well in the Championship and... I obviously always wanted an opportunity, but the question mark was always there as well. But yeah, but can he do it in the Prem? And my thing was like, well, yeah, but I've done it like 250 times in the Championship. Like, it's not like I've just done it for half a dozen games and then I'm kind of knocking the door of the Premier League, you know? <laughs> like, I've, I've, I've worked to be where I am. It's nothing has come to me by fluke. Obviously, yes, there's a little bit of luck along the way and right time, right place. I'm, again, I'm a firm believer in that and, and everything happens for a reason. But like you said before, has everything you know led to this moment in terms of the the Old Trafford game and the account of myself that I could give? I know there was a huge pressure on me that day, huge pressure because I play well and everyone goes, "Oh yeah, you can do it, brilliant, like, that's great." Like move on. And if I don't do it, everyone goes, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. shouldn't have even been in the Premier League." <laughs> I'm not stupid. I, I'm, I I see the angle that would have been pointed at me if you like if I hadn't have been at it that day. I knew I needed to be at it. I'm, the most pressure from anybody came from myself. I was desperate to prove that I'm capable of playing in this division. And I'd like to think now that I've shown that, I've shown that I can do it. Yes, it's only over a two game period, but I was chucked in the deep end, probably the deepest of deep ends that, that I could have been in. I was ready for it. Um, I felt like I, I, I took my opportunity as best as I could. And now I'm in a better place going into this season to challenge to get into the team. You know, that's why I'm here. I want to play. So, again, everything happens for a reason. And I'm, I'm glad it's happened this way. Although, would I like to be in a, playing in the Prem since I was 19? Yeah, of course. <laughs> who, who, who wouldn't? You know what I mean? So, um, but no, I'm, I'm happy with where I'm at. And now I'm striving to play. I want to be in the team. And I think Jose feels that. And if it makes him better, great. Um, but I will be up his backside, shall we say, yeah. um, for want of a better phrase, for as long as I'm not in the team. And I think that's that's healthy. Yeah, and that is unique to goalkeepers, Yeah, right? Because part of your job is not only to prove that you are ready to go, but also to help him be Absolutely. in the best physical yeah. condition he can be. And I really like him, by the way. I really get, me and him get on really, really well. Um, we have a great relationship. We we laugh and joke. We work when we need to work. Training's fun. We have a, we have a great time in training. We push each other. We applaud each other when it's deserved. Um, my 30th birthday, he was around my house with my family. So, you know, that just shows the relationship that I've got with him. But make no, no two ways about it. He wants to keep his shirt and he doesn't want me to have it. And I want his shirt. You know, that's it's really, really weird goalkeeping. It's, it's very, very strange. But at the same time, it's when you're in it, you just get it. You just understand it and and you work with what you have, if you like. Yeah. And going back to the age thing and the experience thing, and I wonder whether that is whether that is any easier or changes the fact that, you know, you've played all those games, you've been through it. If you came to a Premier League club at 18, 19, Mindset is probably slightly different. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I know that I'm capable of playing football games. Um, I know how to manage games. So, you know, I, I can read situations in games. A lot of goalkeeping is reading of situations and making decisions based upon those situations. And that comes with games. 
So like you said, if I'd have come here at 18 and I played, or whatever age, and only played a handful of games, the question marks for me would be way bigger of me. So I think in terms of coming here with a vast amount of experience, um, been in leadership roles throughout my whole career, obviously latterly at Bristol City was, was the captaincy for, for 18 months. That was a role that only benefited me coming here because I feel like, I mean, obviously we've got a leadership group here, which I'm, I'm now part of as well. So, and I try to help the team as much as I can. I, like, obviously Max is the captain now. Max has never been in a leadership role before. So I've, I speak to Max regularly and give him any advice that he feels he needs and he can come to me. You know, he's called me after training before and we've had chats about certain situations. We've spoken in the changing room. We've spoken on away trips. We speak daily. And if there's, he comes to me with things that I think that he asked my my opinion on things and I go to him with things that I think he could do better or he's doing really well or things that might need to change and he's really receptive of that because he knows the experience I have and there's a couple more in the dressing room that do that as well but him and I are really close so I think he, he trusts me in that, in that situation. Let's talk leadership group. What is it first and foremost? Because <laughs> people know the idea of a captain and yep. a vice captain. Yep. It, it feels like a new term. It probably isn't. What what do you see it as being? Like I said, I've been in one since South End days, and that was well, I was at South End from the age of in the first team from seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, all the way to I, think I moved to Brentford. When I was twenty three. So, a leadership group is that obviously a group um, of senior figures in the dressing room who have a voice, who lead by example in everything they do. Um, and that's not, say, that's not saying that others don't. That's just, mm. they're just the chosen. The six of us, they're just the, we're just the chosen few, who are the best way I could describe it would be the bridge between the dressing room and non-dressing room, whether that's media, whether that's the powers that be at the football club, probably most often manager. So the manager will pull the leadership group and go, listen, lads, these are my ideas. What do you think? As an example or the powers that be at the football club might go, listen, like, what, do you, what are your thoughts based on, like, where we're at, what's the feeling in the group, is, is, is everything go, is there anything we can do to enhance what your experience is on a day-to-day basis, can, what can we do to help? So it's basically, we, we try to create the best scenario for us to be successful on the pitch. So whether that's changing things in terms of anything to do with training, whether that's changing things in timings, whether it's changing things to do with travelling, whether it's nutrition. We try and be the voice of the dressing room, I think is probably the best way I can I can describe the leadership group. And that's not saying everything is consulted. It's not like hmm. we just make decisions and that's that. It's we will be the voice, but we will obviously give everybody an opinion. It's not just six voices and that's it. It's everybody's got an opinion. Everybody's opinion is as valid as the next person. My opinion's the same as Jose, is the same as Max, is the same as Craig Dawson, is the same as Joe Hodge as a as a, a young pro, if you like. And it's it's all the same. Everybody's got a voice, everybody's opinion matters as much as everybody else's. But the leadership group are there to work on behalf of the dressing room and strive for better for the dressing room. When you have people with the range of experiences that you have and the range of clubs and countries yep. and all sorts. Yep. What is that like, kind of bringing that together? Because football can be universal. There are different things that, that affect you the same, but obviously there are cultural differences and all sorts. So what's it like bringing that together? 
really interesting sometimes because I've come from um, something that's quite traditional English. That's I mean I come from the times when <laughs> if you turn up in bad outfits, it'll get put on a mannequin and thrown in the middle <laughs> of the pitch and made dirty and put in the shower and all sorts. You know, like that was. You know, my, I had jobs as a youth team player. I was cleaning boots. I was sweeping dressing rooms. I was hoovering the gym. You know, I was cleaning footballs. You know, that that's that was education for me back in the day. Um, obviously, those days are gone, and we've moved on from those days, and it's slightly different nowadays. But com compare that to, for example, uh, Mario Lamina or uh, Pablo Sarabia. There's, I, I can, I'm, I can almost guarantee that if I asked if they've ever cleaned the football, they'll say no. The kit man does that. I, I was lucky to have a kit man. I washed my own kit when I was a young pro. You know, I washed my own kit, and it was everything was me. If I wanted, if I wanted my boots cleaned, I clean my boots. So, it's very, very eye-opening sometimes to see the backgrounds of everybody. And Max, for example, is a little bit younger than me. So, gone are the days where jobs were a thing. Obviously, he come from non-league as well. So, he's a slightly different. His experiences are slightly different to mine. Um, Craig Dawson has been in the Premier League and the Championship pretty much his entire career so he's a slightly different to mine as well but he's kind of brushed upon those experiences that I had because he's of an age where that was still relevant um, Nelson Semedo has obviously come from um, come from Spain and played in Barcelona for example I'm sure Barcelona had many kit men <laughs> and women cleaning boots and kit and, and everything like that you know so yeah, it's 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 eye-opening, but it, it makes it interesting that there's not just a one-size-fits-all. Everybody's got different experiences. Everybody's got a valid opinion and a voice that's going to be heard. And to get to where we want to get to in terms of making everything better, and that's continual, by the way. That's not just, you know, one meeting. What can we do better? Brilliant. Yep, they will Im implicate that. That's great done. It's continual. So if there's things that we, we notice that we want, enhanced or changed or reduced or increased or whatever the case may be that's ongoing so for for all of us guys to sit down and they're all to be slightly different angles with the same goal in mind can be really really interesting because that's the, again uh, say the part of sometimes football that fascinates me is that you know people talk about dressing room harmony and it, it often strikes me as a thing where you are all here for a reason. You're all here to to make yourself the best you can be. Yeah. And I hate it when people ever question that about dressing rooms because, you know, you're professionals. You yeah. come in, you do yeah. your thing. And, and I've seen it for 15 years covering this football club in a range of different people in there. Um, but I, I wondered how much you feel it is important that that you are a group, that, you know, you don't necessarily all need to love each other. That's never going to happen in any workplace but that you have a common set of ideals I guess well the the perfect word to use there is harmony and there is I think you saw at Manchester United um, the game this season obviously on Monday night if you look at the way we ran for each other if you look at the running stats if you look at the um, I'm pretty sure that I saw a video on, on social media of the boys running back and getting the ball back off I think it might, it might have been Garnacho you don't run like that when your team loses the ball if you didn't care about the cause and the cause is the team. So when you have harmony, when you have people that want to work hard for each other, that gives you the best opportunity of success, in my opinion. Um, and this 
dressing room. I've I've heard a couple of people say it in, in the press and in the media over the last couple of weeks and I heard the gaffer say it as well. This is a really, really tight group. Really tight group. Um we've got everything in terms of ability in the dressing room. There's players that can do everything. We've got we've got a little bit of nastiness, we've got a little bit of flair, we've got hard work, we've got pace, you know, we've got um people that are, are, are really tenacious. We've got a little bit of everything and people were quick to write us off. You know, obviously with all the upheaval, if you like, surrounding a football club over the last couple of months with happenings off the field, we're not in control of that. All we can control is what happens mm. in the changing room. And what we have in the changing room in terms of ability is very, very special. And what we have in terms of harmony and what we have in terms of team spirit is equally, if not more special because that gives you a better opportunity to actually express yourself and know that your teammates are gonna back you up in every situation, every scenario, no matter what. And if you lose the ball, your teammates are gonna fill in for you. And that, that's all down to trust. And trust comes from building that trust. And we've been working on that throughout the whole of preseason. It comes from respect as well. So if we've got a new fine system in place, for example, you know, we obviously don't want to find anyone, yeah. but the fines are there to make sure that the change room remains respected. And it's a it's a really really good place to be in at the moment, and I'm I'm really enjoying my work. I know that doesn't happen overnight. Absolutely, not. and you know when you consider that you know Max has been at the football club a long time, but yeah. he's not been in that role yeah. for a long time. And yeah. and people listening to this will will probably be rightly pointing out, and we have to mention the fact that there are a lot of senior people who have moved on from the football club in the last 18 months, yeah. really, let's yeah, be honest. Fact, yeah. And so I wonder where you think it, it takes time to to rebuild that kind of leadership group, the, the people who will then step up and, and people learn stuff about themselves. You know, probably 18 months ago, Max never thought he would be the leader I'm sure of that that's likely, and wearing yeah. the armband. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure that's likely. Um, but for me, change room is all about dynamic dynamics. The dynamics of a change room can change when one player leaves, for example. And that's not a negative or a positive either way. That just means that there's one role maybe that's missing. Maybe as a captain, Max does things slightly different to Ruben. Maybe as a captain, I did things slightly different to, to Max in terms of the way I led compared to the way Max leads. Connor Cody, I'm sure, from what I've heard, and I've, I've met him a few times, he seems a great lad. He's done things different to Ruben, who does things different to Max. You know, and I'm sure the next captain after Max is gone will be slightly different to Max. And it's not a, like I said, it's not a uniform, one size fits all leadership role. There are different ways of doing it. And Max, like I said earlier, is seeking advice from those around him that are and have been captains and leaders. And I think that's that takes a lot of humility because he could just go, no, listen, I'm doing it my way. That's it. He seeks advice from the likes of myself who've been in a leadership role and a captain role. He seeks advice from Craig Dawson who's been there and done it in leadership roles. You know, Matt Doherty, the same. Um, obviously then we've got the rest of the leadership group who um, who have also in various ways had their own leadership roles prior in their career. It's not a one-size-fits-all way of leading. It's uh, whatever's the most effective way of getting the best out of himself and everybody else and making sure we're managing the change room in the best possible way. And if we're managing the change room well, it gives us the best opportunity of success on the pitch. Yeah. 
I mean, I hope you don't mind me saying, I botted very early in your Wolves career. Because say at half times, we're kind of sat there, take a quick break, play an ad break and look around. And I used to watch when the lads came out, the substitutes came out to warm up, that you would come out mm-hmm. and you'd have a little trot around. Mm-hmm. And then it was probably only a second or third game in, I noticed that you weren't just kind of going out and doing your own thing. You were going and having conversations with the other subs. And you were talking to them in that, in that way, yeah. which I hadn't seen before. Mm-hmm. Um, and whether what that says about you, whether that's something you consciously do or whether you're just naturally someone that, that wants to have those conversations and, and be someone that people will come to. Probably a bit of both. Sometimes I feel like I need... So we were obviously... I came here and we were obviously in a, a sticky situation yeah. like last year. And I knew that as much as I was a new player... I knew that I could have a positive effect. I didn't want to step on anyone's toes. Obviously, Ruben was a captain, and you know, on obviously I'd come from a, a captain's role. I knew I wasn't ever going to come in and you know be in the first play, the first game that I'd be in at the football club and take any leadership responsibilities off anybody. I just wanted to help. I just wanted to give as much as I could give for us staying in the Premier League to avoid relegation. And I think if I had one percent effect on us staying in the Premier League, then I did a good job. Half a percent even. It was always a matter of demanding more from people. Always demanding more because you can we can always give any all of us can give more. All of us. If me talking to someone and giving them a little G up and maybe a one percent confidence boost with the way I can use my words can help us on the pitch, although I wasn't directly on the pitch myself then that was my role at the time. Yeah. And that's the way I could help and that's the way I could bring something to the team without being on the pitch, helping myself. So that I found to be a responsibility of mine whilst I wasn't on, on, on the pitch. So there's that subconsciously for me. And there was also that consciously in terms of if I see someone who I think needs an arm on the shoulder or needs a, a look in the eye and a point and going, listen, wake up, come on, we know you've got more than this. Then that's... That's the way I found myself doing it. And sometimes, like I say, sometimes it was just because I do that naturally. I lead naturally. I lead in the way I try and lead in everything I do um, in terms of what I say, in terms of the way I conduct myself on and off the pitch, in terms of the way I train. And there's also sometimes where, like I say, if, if I think someone needs a rocket, if you like the proverbial rocket, or if I think someone needs a, an arm around the shoulder, then I'm happy to fulfil that role. Just on last season... To have done what you did collectively as a group, to have lifted yourselves from the position that we were in, to be comfortable, if, if that's the right word, in where we finished and yep. without going into the final couple of games, needing something. Yep. You mentioned about what goes on outside and the way people talk outside. Do you guys look at that? Do you feel like you've got enough credit as a group for actually what you achieved in the second half of the season and the, the level of form that you produced? I don't think we need credit. I think there's an expectation at this football club. And I think we, there, from what I saw when I came in, there was no one who was kind of letting the team down where I thought, hmm, he's not pulling his weight. It, for whatever reason, it just didn't click. Obviously, I arrived shortly after the manager and he was obviously implementing his ways whilst I was arriving as well. I don't think we need credit. Like I said, the expectation of this football club is high. The history of this football club is is rich. You know, four years ago, whatever it was, it was in the Europa League. 
to then be obviously football changes very quickly but to then be bottom at Christmas I think it was wasn't it bottom yeah. at Christmas bottom at Christmas with a huge uphill task ahead I'm sure there were a lot of people that lost belief whether that's fans pundits neutrals maybe even people here was like oh my god we are doomed maybe I mean I, I didn't I didn't see that myself but maybe there was people that perhaps didn't believe but I think looking around the change room as a player I did believe because of the quality we had in the dressing room and that's not just me saying oh yeah well I was a new player so I kind of have to at no point did I think oh my word we are bang in trouble I knew I wasn't blind to the fact that we were the, the, the table the table didn't lie but I always felt like we had enough as long as we conducted ourselves right in terms of the way we play on the pitch as long as we remain together as a group as long as we don't let external noise distract us from what our goals were and I think the manager was a big part of that and I, I, I know he got he was recognised and got a lot of credit for that as a player I'm not sure how much credit we got I don't really pay too much attention to that but yeah I think there are there is credit due but then like I said the expectation didn't match where we were in mm. the league and we have expectation on ourselves, by the way. There's no more expectation on us than us. We expect to be definitely not in the lower echelons of the league. Definitely not. But the Premier League is a really difficult league. You know, make no two ways about it. It's a really tough league. You know, it's very cliche, but anyone can beat anyone on their given day. And sometimes poor form can be very difficult to break. But I think in terms of the way we finished the season and the fact that, like you say, with three games to go, whatever it was, we, we were safe. I think that says a lot about this group, um, including the lads that have moved on, because obviously they, they played a part. And I think I'm excited about where we are now and how we take those experiences of being in the bottom half of the league and you know fearing, looking over our shoulder at times last year. That can be a driver this season to go, no, 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 we're not involved in that. We stay with our heads clearly above water. We look forward and we try and challenge to move up the table rather than kind of looking behind us and kind of fearing that we're going to get sucked into some sort of dogfight again. Because that, yeah, the final point I'm going to say to you and ask you is that we mentioned the fact that obviously there's been upheaval. There's a different head coach in place. I mean, there's even a different goalkeeper coach yeah. that you've gone through yeah. in the last couple of weeks. <laughs> and we can have a conversation another time about, about Tony and about yeah, yeah. Neil and the differences yeah. between them and stuff. And the way that you've probably seen people talk about this football club on the outside. Yeah. And I get the sense from you, Dan, that none of that matters. And that whatever happens this year, that... The, there is a, a focus and a togetherness of you guys as a group? 100%. 100%. And we're all stronger for last year's experiences, I think. Like I said, I can only talk on behalf of myself in the dressing room and the dressing room. I think there, everybody in that dressing room will say it's a, it's a good place to be. It's strong. It's, it has trust. It has empathy. It has hard work. It has reliability. And... I can carry on with all with kind of all the buzzwords in the world, and I'm listen. I'm not saying that we're gonna go and win the league. You know, like, I'm not unrealistic. We we know. Yeah, yeah there's the quote. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. This will come back to haunt me if we do it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, listen. Uh, there's there's a sense of realism 
we know that listen we're not gonna there's teams in this league that are superior of course you know we, we all know that there's 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 some big big clubs in this league who can freely spend money and have resources upon resources and the huge squads obviously continually be very, be very successful because of the quality they have but we're also under no illusions that we also have a lot of quality we have a great dressing room in terms of what the dressing room stands for the cohesion and team spirit that we have and we firmly believe that we will be looking forward this year and not backwards and that's probably as 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 best i can put it thanks for listening to wolves weekly brought to you by my diesel claim as ever the very latest wolves news is available at wolves.co.uk or across our social media channels at wolves and don't forget to check out our new three times a week podcast wolves express Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.